Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, you get to hang out with the guys from Phoenix Beer Co. So if you're listening to this on the release date, November 13th, 2019, then you can still make it to the Phoenix Beer Co. grand opening. That's going to be this Friday, November 15th, 2019. It's going to be at the Tap Room and Brewery location on Washington Street. They've got 12 new beers. They've got great food. And they're going to be doing brewery tours. So before we get into that, though, this episode is brought to you by the Arizona Barrels, Bottles, and Brews Festival. So this event is happening November 23rd at Salt River Fields. Enjoy craft beer, spirits, wine, cider, mead, all from around the state of Arizona. Every drink that is available there, including non-alcoholic in the form of wild tonic kombucha. Um, they're going to be there. Everybody who's there is going to be making an Arizona beer, including... Our friends Marcus Pena and Ryan Colvin are going to be making a beer live, doing a homebrew uh, at the event. We're going to be set up there too as well, doing a podcast, talking to lots of awesome beer people. We're going to have some special brewer guests on the show as well, so make sure you guys get tickets to this. The way that these guys put this event together, it's a super intimate, exclusive type of event where... You have a great time, and you get to talk to the people that make the bre- beverages. You don't have to wait in the long lines. You're going to have a really, really good time. So if you're looking for that more intimate experience, then this is your event. So check out the podcast we did with them. It was released on November 6th. It's going to sell out, so make sure you go to azbottlesandbrews.com today to get your tickets. We're actually going to give away a ticket. So send me an email. One person is going to get a ticket. Announced this Friday, November 15th. To enter, I'm not going to do the social media thing. Just email me, eric at tapthataz.com. Say, give me a ticket, and I'll pick a random winner Friday, November 15th. So, all right, let's tap into Phoenix Beer Co. in this is this seems to be like a special room that we're in yeah like a conference type of room yeah so this is this is part of our, our remodel here at the brewery and um this is we kind of intend this to be somewhat of a conference room um you know if people a group of guys want to come down if their wives give them the hall pass to have a fantasy football draft here ah, nice we yeah have a, i think we have another tv coming in here but it's kind of a man cave slash slash she shed. God, that was a lot of that SHs. Is, uh, yeah. um, or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it could be used as a private room. Um, it, I, as you can tell, they're still finishing up a couple things here on getting it tightened up. But this I think be it a looks pretty good. Cool room. Yeah. I think you should just leave that. Like just, you know, some, some wires. It's a little and, charm, right? Maybe electrical hazard, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. That might be what, what, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that you, what you might need to correct. But uh, yeah, so we are here in Washington, um, Phoenix Beer Co. Mm-hmm. Dude, who? Who, uh, who's, who is you? Who am I? <laughs> uh, my name is Adam Wojcik. I'm the, the brewery director here at Phoenix Beer Co. Excellent, man. Dude, we met, um, I f- we met at a, it was like a n- kind of, a not was it a networking event, happy hour? Yeah. And, uh, I, I want to say Rob was having somewhat of an open house at it. Yeah. Was that a new location at the time? I think, I think it was. Their yeah. New, the Guild On Southern and Mill. Yeah, yeah, the Guild office. and. Uh, we, we all, we all crawled in there and had some beers with everyone and I got to meet you. So <laughs> that's what I was going to like say. a decade ago, but it really yeah. does. It really does. It was probably less than a year. Mm-hmm. It had been less than a year. Yeah. 
Um, but it was funny though, cause there were so many people that showed up and yeah. it was packed and it was hot and it was, the beer was flowing though. So yeah, beer still tastes good. <laughs> right? good. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to taste it better than that. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so Adam, you, you were, this is not your first foray into, into beer, right? You've got no. some experience. No, I, um, so uh, probably at the time when I was in college, my parents were probably against the idea of working for a, in the beer industry, yeah. but I kind of <laughs> fell ass backwards into this thing, um, during college. And, you know, I was going to issue at the time and, uh, just looking for a job really. And I found a temporary job, part-time job at, at Hensley at the time it was Hensley, Hensley, uh, what was they called? Hensley distributing. I think it was okay. called at the time. Okay. Anyway, uh, when they, when they were located off of Southern and Hardy, and it was, it was grunt work. It was yeah. the worst job. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was, I worked in the repack room, which if you're not familiar with the repack room, when, when, when delivery guys drop a case of beer and you got 22 broken bottles and 20 and you need 24 of them, they ship it back and you pull out the shards of glass and dry off the bottles and put two new ones in there <laughs> and you glue it shut. And you, this was so, in America. You did uh, yeah, this? right. This is America. Yeah. It's probably legal now. Um, no, but they gave me, they gave me an opportunity. It was, you know, it's just, uh, it was paying my dues, I guess, and, sure, and yeah. so, so to speak. So, uh, that was my first job in the beer industry. I came home reeking of beer. If I got pulled over, it probably would have been, um, it probably would have been a, a dangerous situation just being <laughs> yeah. soaked in beer. Oh, and the expired beers, you had to break over a spike and make sure that no one got it. It didn't glass? leave. Uh, well, no, the glass ones you poured out, okay, okay. um, <laughs> but the cans, we'd had this big spike, uh, like an impaling spike and you just crush each one, toss it. And so it was like hundreds of them a day. Ah, dude. And they don't uh, want anybody getting that. that no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's quality assurance, right? It's like, yeah. so, uh, yeah, I came home reeking like beer, but I did that for, uh, probably a couple months. And then when I became 21, um, I started doing special events. So like those kind of the coordinating kind of deal. And, um, so, you know, uh, Tempe town Lake, all the beer festivals down there yeah. or music festivals, whatever. Um, I would help coordinate those, those deals and, um, you know, load up the draft trucks, drive them out there and spread all the delicious beer we possibly yeah. could throughout everyone. So, <laughs> nice. uh, that was a more fun job, but it was still pretty, uh, labor intensive. It was like tossing kegs around, but yeah. you know, I'm 21 years old and you know, I, it's probably why my back hurts now, but, yeah. um, <laughs> oh, for sure it is. But, yeah. but yeah. yeah, back then it was just, uh, it was fun. You know, my friends would come out and, um, you know, all the, just working with all those different suppliers, you know, it was, it was a ton of fun. So yeah. anyways, I did that for a couple of years with, uh, on, still with Hensley and, um, God, it was probably about three or four years to continue to do that. And then, um, I went into a sales role there. So I, uh, I started kind of falling over the craft beer scene. It was kind of when it was getting established, right. Becoming more than just Widmer and Red Hook, um, you know, those brands, right. The, 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 the national brands that everyone kind of knows about that were, sure. um, that kind of survived. I want to say the first craft bubble yeah. <laughs> or some of them surprised, some of them didn't, but, uh, the first craft bubble and you kind of hear about these brands and then, you know, uh, you start seeing more and more as, as our craft community grew, which probably is a lot to thank to four piece of that. Um, as our craft community grew, then you started getting brands in like Odell and, uh, Firestone Walker and that normally um, they weren't in the state before. I don't believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they were, at least they were new to Hensley at the sure. time. Okay. Uh, um, when was this? Like when, when approximately, I want to say 2000. Well, I take that back. I think Odell was in the market before i think i might have left and came back i won't but, fact check you man You're yeah right. 
but uh, 2007-ish, I believe, was when uh, was when those brands started to come over to Hensley. Some of them were okay. Alliance at the time, and but anyway, Hensley. Like the thing about Hensley and Crescent Crown, for that matter, is they give. Um, they give you that platform to really grow your brand where sure. if you're in a wine and spirits house, it's like you're fighting for attention. Right. Okay. So anyway, so those brands come over to Hensley and I, I was doing their craft beer sales on the off premise. So I did that for three or four years. Um, but really get an opportunity to grow those brands. Right. Sure. I mean, they were kind yeah. of new to consumers in a way because they just didn't get attention from whoever yeah um for whatever distributor and then um we just we grew them and it was really cool so at that time that's when i started meeting the suppliers like this was all uh, still in arizona this is all in arizona so at the time i think the first supplier guy i met and kind of it's like that's a cool job was was jr wheeler from odell okay and he was the arizona rep at the time and uh you know he was like my sounding board right it was like you know, once I, I kind of realized that I really wanted to give it a shot to get on the supplier side, the brewery side, you know, every time a brewery would come up, I would talk to him about it, and he's a great resource for me. Um, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Jerry Willow oh, yeah, sounds but, like a NASCAR uh, but anyway, so, so Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He's back in Colorado now. So, um, But at any rate, he, he kind of gave me the, the look of this is what the supplier side's about. It's a ton of fun, right? You know, you're focused on on one brand in particular and um you know it just get, allows you to focus on one thing sure of, yeah a, a huge portfolio of beers i just thought it was neat so um you know whenever you're trying to do that you're interviewing for probably anything and everything yeah. you can try to get your hands on <laughs> yeah and, um, i think it took two or three tries to get on to to get my first supplier gig um but 2011 uh, is when I left Hensley and, and went over to Lagunitas yeah. and uh, worked for them for roughly eight years, I think it was. So, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so did you move? Did you move to California? No, no. I always stayed here. Uh, okay. I was born and raised in Arizona and a lot of family here. And um, I just like it here. I you do know, too, It's man. an oven it's, yeah. <laughs> May through September or like yesterday, maybe. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that is completely manageable, though, man. That is you're right. You get some shade. Like I, I'm, I'm good in the shade for yeah. about an hour, maybe. There's no humidity. Yeah, you don't have to shovel snow. No. So no, I, I like it here. So I stuck around. Yeah. And uh, Lagunitas allowed me to. So I, uh, my first role with them was was uh, the market manager for Arizona. Um, I had Las Vegas as a territory, which is a really interesting market, or was at the time for craft beer, right? It's, not not a strong market for it. It surprisingly, it kind of is. Oh, really? But, yeah. You know, it's one of those markets that big brands, beer, uh, uh, spirits, spend a lot of money. So yeah. it's ah, that's uh, true. That's, <laughs> so you're going it gets into the lion's den for yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, and I'm not responsible for this, but the person at the time, I remember getting our first bottle, Lagunitas IPA bottle in. Um, uh, what was it? C- Caesars maybe, or Mandalay Bay or something like that. And it was, yeah. it was a beer you can, as you're hitting the tables, you can get yeah. a log in IPA. And I was like, Whoa, dude, right. Th- like the yeah. buyer is like ahead of her years. as far yeah. as like seeing where this is going. <laughs> yeah. But, um, at any rate, so I had those markets and then it was a period of time where, you know, I feel like seven days in a week, Lagunitas was picking up a state every day as far as distribution goes. Yeah. So, uh, my territory grew a little bit to New Mexico. So I had those three States and, um, it was it was an educational time because it was interviewing distributors and you know really figuring out what was best for our brand because um, you know it, the two strong distributors in any market is a Bud distributor a Miller distributor sure yeah and it's uh, you know 
pick who's going to be your, your, what horse you're going to ride in that yeah. market. Right. So, um, we elected to, to go with a Miller distributor in, in New Mexico, but it was just really interesting doing that interview process of sitting these guys down and, you know, you know doing the, the song and dance, I guess. I'm yeah. like, what are you guys gonna do for us? Right. How are you yeah. going to grow our brand? And, um, so I learned a lot about that. And so, uh, after, you know, doing, doing that part of the mark, doing that part of the job and, you know, doing the tastings and, and working their distributor and growth in Arizona, cause Arizona is such a chain state. You're really heavily dependent on your distributor on growth. Chain um, meaning, uh, chain like grocery store chain. Okay. So like, yeah. um, fries. And yeah. And if you go to and, different markets, yeah. there's, uh, Independence is what you, we would call them as well as like the independent liquor store, like Tops, like Greg at Tops has a, one of the strongest independents here in, in the state. And um, that's really rare, right? Because yeah. just the way I guess our community here is we, we really drive towards like the Total Wines and, sure. and fries and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so that being said, and the, the small amount of distributors here, um, you're really dependent on because they really kind of own those relationships with the chains. So anyway, it's a tough so, market once again, tough market to really tough market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough market. So, um, so yeah, uh, uh, worked with those guys and really developed, felt like I developed the brand in Arizona for like I was the, uh, Lauren Young was overseeing, um, Lagunitas from, I think San Diego at the time. And so I was the first body, uh, living body in, in Arizona, I guess, uh, to try to grow the brand day to day in, day out. So, um, I certain amount of pride behind that. So, uh, did that, did that role for roughly, I think three years. And, um, you know, I just, I, parents saw me, it's like, if you get a job interview opportunity, just take it, right. Yeah. You don't have to take every single job, sure. but just do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, at the time, the VP of national accounts, uh, at national, at, at Lagunitas asked if I was interested in, um, interviewing for, a, a chain position, a key account manager position. I was like, Oh, that's, I can't be me. (laughs) Wrong number, right? I'm not qualified for this. So I did it. Excuse me. I wet my beak there. Um, (laughs) You're good, man. There's there's drinking allowed on this podcast. (laughs) Good, good, good. Safe space. Um, So I did it and I, and I, I got it. Um, Got the job. I'm like still fooling them guys. Right. Uh, No, I got the job. And um, so at that time I, I did change for the Southwest. So, I had everything from Los Angeles through Texas chains. So yeah. um, everything from, you know, like Ralph's in California. I had Costco's and Albertson's, Safeways. Um, I kind of name it, kind of fell under me, more or less because I think our national account team at the time was a team of like four okay. for the entire country. Yeah. Um, so um, each one of us had a lot on our, on our shoulders. And we did on and off premise, where now it's like more you know, directed towards certain, either a certain chain or a certain channel or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I got, I got a little taste of the change, the on-premise and the off-premise. And it was like a big stepping stone to, I guess, understanding the beer business from like a brand development standpoint. Cause, uh, I learned a lot from, so the VP of national council at the time, Steve Malcolmson, uh, who's still like is great guys. I kind of consider him my, uh, my mentor, I guess in this, in this world, in yeah. beer world. Yeah. Um, he taught me a lot about just like the brand development side and how you really get, how you really penetrate the market with a certain brand. And, um, you're just, you're building a foundation on that brand throughout the market. 
And then, you know, those consumers will build, you build trust with those consumers based on that brand, right? And then from there, you know, that IPA was good and then I'll try the next one and, you know. Because they like the brand. They like Lagunitas. They like the brand. They like, you know, they they feel confident that the brewer is going to make something unique, special, delicious. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I learned a lot about that and, um, you know, I kind of ran with that strategy and uh, continued to do that for the next couple of years and just, you know, we, we... Grew Arizona and um, grew to California. We became, I think, the number one IPA in Southern California. Like, no, dude, that's past, like Stone, which is, is like a, crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a win right there. Yeah, man. yeah right. Yeah. I mean, because it, I mean, it, it's funny if you. I mean, Californians. There's NorCal and SoCal, and I think they they kind of consider themselves like separate states almost, right? But yeah. It was a. I think it was a badge of honor for us, Nor the people in NorCal, to call. Um, Lagunitas is the number one selling IPA in Southern California. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it pissed off a lot of guys <laughs> sure. like Stone and stuff like that. But, yeah. but we yeah. loved it. It's, it's friendly comp- competition. Yeah. But um, and Arizona, too. And Arizona and, um, and just the markets across the, across the country, we had a lot of success with that strategy. And uh, just continuing to, um, to drive, you know, stepping stones to packages, too. That's what I'm trying to say is, you know, you develop your six-pack, right? And then... You know, you get to a point where the six pack is um, not necessarily tired, but like the six pack is kind of like at the time was now it's 24 ounce and 19.2 ounce, but it was like the sampling vehicle for you. So yeah, um, people would, would have you out, at, you know, say Casey Moore's or whatever, they'd have a pint of your beer and then they would see your six pack in the grocery store and like, oh yeah, I like that. I'll take a six pack. Yeah. I'll, I'll do six more of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then once that starts to get established, then you, then you can get into the 12 pack game and that's when people are like really committed to your brand. And then yeah. that's when you have your like brand loyalty or your that's, loyalists, I guess we should say. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at I never thought about that. I'm like, oh, you just put it in six, 12 in cases. Like, mm. Easy as that. But you right. don't see most of them. Most of craft beers are in six packs. Like you see, um, you know, you see 805 and a 12 pack. You see like the 15 packs of like all day IPA and stuff right. like that. But you don't see, you don't see 12 packs of like Mother Road IPA, right? As, mm-hmm. as great of a beer as that is. And I love it. But, uh, that's, that's it. I, you don't, I don't look at those things. You're, you've been looking at those things for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So funny, our chain team was, um, at Logan East, we were dubbed the nerds because all we did was, I mean, it was all data driven, yeah. right? It was just, yeah. so a lot of our job was just staring at spreadsheets and understanding when a good time is to, you know, let's enter this market with a 12 pack. I mean, we would go nuts when we'd have a, a retailer, who we, we would just say like we're they were a little ahead of the curve. They saw where things were going. Like we want your twelve pack, and yeah, we'd run up the flagpole. We're like, there, there was like we had like an algorithm, right? Yeah, punch yeah. it in. Like <laughs> no twelve pack yet. It's like it's it's twelve thousand cases. Beep, beep. Like sorry, it's not ready for it yet. <laughs> yeah. So we're like pulling our hair out. And uh, but anyway, yeah, that's that's a huge that's a huge part of the brand development side of it is like entering the market, entering uh, or bringing certain packages to the market at certain times and. Uh, when you're ready for it, it's like kind of like a pendulum swing, right? You just want it to catch on the rise up and then keep going and keep going. And, uh, and then it kind of turns into, you know, brand development, secondary brand development. Yeah. Tertiary. I don't know if he's using that word. Yeah. Um, what is that? I don't even know what it means. Third. Yeah. Third, I think. <laughs> At least someone told me that one time. No one's asked you that. Like, what does it mean? Like, oh, dude, he yeah, knows his shit. Big word. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was really interesting to kind of take that strategy and it, it worked, right. Yeah. I mean, and not saying everyone's going to bat a thousand doing that, you know, uh, you have a ton of brands that, you know, they'll claim to have a flagship, but uh, I mean, yeah, if you, if you 
ask him, ask him what it is. It's like, I didn't know that was it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. uh, it's an interesting way to bring it in. But to your point, you know, seeing other brands and other breweries, especially the size, I mean, the size of a Phoenix beer company and, um, the, the capital expenditures on the equipment to either do 12 packs. It's like, yeah. I mean, at our, at our size and a lot of people here, I think there's a few breweries here, um, that have some packing machines, but it's all hand packed, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I remember it was like cathartic when I'd go back to the brewery in, Cal- in California, watching all the, you know, the infrared eyes that would catch, you know, a case would come by and it would kick out an arm and it would flip it and be able to pack it in neatly and yeah. right. And palletize it perfectly. And it was just kind of cool to sit there and drink a beer and watch that. And, but looking, thinking back on that now, it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, our first canning run, I was, I, I helped with the pack out and I'm like, where's that machine? That, <laughs> you know, where'd you guess? Where's the machine? Yeah. Is this machine getting cleaned? Yeah. It's, just, it's probably a $3 million machine, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it looked pretty handy at the time. So, yeah. Uh, but you know, I think that's a lot of things that, that, uh, craft breweries are going to be facing is being able to, you know, intelligently build their brand to a point where, um, you're, you're creating a demand for that 12 pack and then you can make that investment in the, in the equipment, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but if you're splintered out and you're, you know, you got 2% of your volume going to this 2% there, 3% there, it's, it's really hard to develop something and then justify making that big investment. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of craft breweries here that are doing great, great things with, with, uh, great beers and, you know, they're probably identifying what, uh, what's working for them. And, um, I would just advise continue to run with that and, yeah. um, so you could, you know, continue to grow and not everyone wants to be a 300,000 barrel brewery, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Right. Um, but so you all know do- that, right? That's, that's what you, as, as, when you're starting, and that's something that took me a long time, you know, with, with doing what I do, start my own business and all this stuff is right. like, what do I want to be? And like three years into it, like two weeks ago, I actually finally wrote it. Down. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So, but that's, I mean, so there are breweries that, um, that don't want to get to that point, but they know that, right. They set that up. They sure. say, here's what we want to be. We want to have, we want to be able to make a living off this, make great beer, have people come in our tap room, have a great experience. Right. Where other breweries are like, dude, we want, we want to keep growing and growing. So if that's your decision, then that's when you have to make those tough decisions and you have to be strategic about, about sure. it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, quality of life, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. uh, uh, I mentioned to you before when, um, when I started with Lagunitas and, uh, by no means am I taking all the credit I off, say. off mic, he <laughs> took all of the credit, you know, <laughs> just as, just a minute amount, maybe. Yeah. But when I started with them, it's just more of a testament to the growth, growth of craft and, and the strategy that, uh, Lagunitas employed. But, uh, when I started, I think we were brewing 185,000 barrels and, uh, roughly around that time. And we were going through a period of, um, not getting all the beer we were asking for from Petaluma. Um, and we're getting, getting cut orders because the brew space couldn't, or the brew house couldn't keep up with it. So, so the demand was really high and the sales were really oh, high, but right. we just couldn't fill those orders. Right. Yeah. So I think roughly right before that, we, or, uh, the owner of Lagunitas, uh, ordered his uh, new brew house. I think it quadrupled the capacity. And, but it takes a year to build one of those things. Sure. Yeah. yeah it's not like they're bringing in on a <laughs> yeah, pallet. And it's it's not, just, yeah. Amazon's not in that game yet, unfortunately. <laughs> plug in a hose. Yeah. You're good right. To go. yeah. 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 Plug in. It's not plug and play. <laughs> no. So it required building a whole new building. And so we had to kind of weather that storm of out of stocks 
and that's the quickest way to kill your brand too. Sure. It's like, yeah, if you go to a retailer and just say, Hey, you know, top selling beer in Arizona, Phoenix, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. But can I get it? Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, yeah, sure. So how about we give you a half of yeah, that? Half yeah. Of that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, where was I going with that? Uh, anyway, so yeah, just like keeping up with that growth. I think that was my fault, by the way. I oh. think I took us off. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. Usually it's me. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Growing up in Arizona and working for a brand outside of Arizona at the time when Arizona was exploding, mm-hmm. right? Like during that whole period, right? Because you were with Lagunitas, you said from when to when? 11 till 18. So that was a huge growth period for Seven, Arizona yeah. beer, right? So, yeah. So with you being here, um, what was your, because it, it's interesting, I get perspectives from people who were in it, mm-hmm. but not people who were in beer, but not in the uh, a local brand, if that makes if it makes sense, yeah, yeah. At that time, you know, there was times I was somewhat envious of of the local the local guys, you know, and just be mostly because I was born and raised here, and um, a lot of a lot of Arizona pride. Although some of my family's from Chicago side, so I'm a diehard Chicago sports fan. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I I grew up here, and you know, I was a little bit envious of being able to, you know, do something local and yeah. really take it from like the bottom up and and grow it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a great time for, for local guys too. And, you know, I mentioned, uh, I think four peaks was the, the brand locally here that really created that, that offering or that, uh, that catapult to everyone to get going. Yeah. And then you have like blue moon, who's the national one, like without blue moon, they're probably, if you think about it, it probably isn't like national craft. Yeah. Um, so you say what you will about their beers or about blue moon's beers, you know, it's a macro beer or whatever, but they, kind of created a pathway for created a, a paveway for, for us. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, going back to that a little bit envious of, I was a little envious at the time. And even though all the success that Lagunitas was having, uh, created a lot of great opportunities for my family. Um, you know, allowed me to do the things I wanted to do, like buy a house kind of thing, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know pay <laughs> my bills, eat, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think so, that's what people forget about or, sometime, right? When they're like, Oh, four people. I'm like, yeah, come or, on. Dude. Oh. Like, and then you have, then when I had Andy on the podcast, like people, I, I, I my hope is when people listen to that podcast, like, Holy shit. All right. This dude worked his ass off for 25 years. What, what like, Right. He's, there's no negative to that. Yeah. None. No negative to that. No, 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 it's, uh, I mean, it's America, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you for your success and good decisions and, and that's, but that's, you know, that's kind of the, there's, there's good and bad with everything. I guess you kind of do. And like whatever, whatever industry you're in, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, I guess, whatever you're doing. And, um, unfortunately there's always going to be that, you know, consumer or whoever that for some reason feels betrayed or whatever. Sure. But, um, yeah, I've never been a believer in that yeah. at all. Yeah. Right? Well, they pave, they, they pave the way and, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, different, you know, people with so much more experience than me and so much more experience with the people that talk shit, right. Yeah. That are saying, Hey dude, no, these guys paved the way, not only like with just the getting the, the exposure to craft beer, but like distribution channels and all this stuff, sure. that the business, the logistical side of it that makes it possible for so many other people to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. And, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know Andy very, very well personally, but I've met him a handful of times and great guy and, oh, you know, yeah. um, and Jim too. And, and, and Teddy for that matter, uh, John Schmidt, I, I don't know him all that great, but, uh, great guys, right? Oh, I'm sure. be happier for him. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
uh, created great, great opportunities for the families, I'm sure yeah. for their employees. So yeah. you picture like you, when you picture it, it's I, and I just kind of, all these thoughts came to mind uh, just now. So you're here witnessing the culmination of this idea, right? Right. Is when people look at that, they think there's a dude up on the second level in a window with like a suit looking down. At, I know, you know. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. No. Yeah. Andy's biggest thing was, he's like, dude, I get to brew again. Yeah. He's like, I haven't brewed for 20 years. I've been doing HR and all this kind of stuff. He's like, I get to do what I love again. Yeah. Wake up yeah. in the middle of the night with an idea and be able to go to my team and say, Hey, here's what, what right. I want to do. Right. Um, yeah. So, so anyways, so, so then you're, you're with Lagunitas. Um, and then this, this opportunity came. Yeah. So, um, I remember my last trip with Lagunitas, I think I flew from, and that was a, the last part of my career. Lagunitas was, was on a plane every week. And uh, I have yeah. a three-year-old daughter now. Um, and, I was, I was getting sick of traveling sure. all the time, you know? And so I think my last trip, I, I flew to Boston then I, for a meeting and I flew to Chicago and then Seattle and Los Angeles and home. I'm like, this isn't fun. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. great cities. Thankfully I got to travel to great cities, but, um, usually when, when, at least when I was traveling, I was getting in my hotel like 1130 at night, yeah. waking up at six in the morning to go to a, a 25 minute, 30 minute presentation uh, yeah. and then right back to the airport and then going home or going to the next city, whatever it may be. And I'm like, yeah, not so, this fairy tale of having like eight hours of downtime and hitting the breweries up, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, with my time of Lagunitas, I, I witnessed a lot of the, the, how the, how it really happened. So started to jump back here. It'll land on a point, but so the founder of Lagunitas, Tony, Tony McGee, I feel like he, he got to a point where he brought on some other guys that he felt were, were going to take him to take the brewery to a next level with, as far as like strategy and stuff goes. And, um, he brought in, he brought in some really smart guys and, um, you know, they invested in the brewery and, you know, had some great opportunities. And, um, I'm like, you know, I feel like from what I've learned at Lagunitas, you know, as far as like brand development and strategy and stuff like that goes, um, I feel like I can, I feel like I can bring that to someone, you know, with me just being one person or, um, only not having the length of career that the other guys had, um, I could bring that to a local level. And so just by I, assembling the right team and understand like the big yeah, picture. And, yeah. And, right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just continue to think about, you know, local brands here that I thought had like potential to do that. And again, going back to like, do you want to do that? Right. I mean, sure. you could walk into a brewery right now and. Um, it's like, Hey, we can take it at 200,000 barrels. I'm like, yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. this probably isn't going to work out then. Um, so I, I started doing that for like six, six months or so, just kind of thinking about that. And, and then, uh, through the grapevine, through the Brewers Guild and, um, some other folks, I heard about the three managing partners here, what they were doing with, um, uh, looking at this brewery. And, uh, so I, I reached out to, to one of them and, uh, uh, just for conversation, like what's your, what's your thoughts here? What's your goals here? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, I was really intrigued by it because, you know, they're, they're local entrepreneurs that, um, uh, Carl Perone, uh, uh, Buzz Gosnells and, and Nils Krepke, the three guys that really brought this team together. Um, they really specialize in investing in local, the local community, um, local real estate, and really helping out, I should say helping out, but like they see potential, they would identify potential and like the mom and pops, right? Sure. And either yeah. find a way to elevate them or give them an opportunity to, to grow their business, however, however that may be. And, uh, so I, I, I started talking to these guys and 
I really was kind of sucked into the the idea what that they had, right? And it was, the idea was to, and this is also time, which is still uh, true, like how big tap rooms are, right? Auxiliary sure. tap rooms and outside of your brew house and, and tap room. Uh, Not a tap room facility. at the brewery, right? It's yeah, just yeah. like uh, the separate ones. And um, their, their goal for that, right? And um, so I was kind of, I was bought in on the idea. So we, you know, we, we continued to talk for a couple months and, um, you know, I would come in, I, I kind of came in and just worked with the team a little bit uh, over the winter and just kind of, you know, you know, took the, took the temperature, I guess, of the room or whatever, sure. whatever you call yeah. it and just see what the opportunity was, potential was. And, um, so I officially started working for them in February and, uh, you know, during that time it was the plan. We came to the conclusion, like the plan's going to be, you know, they, they put together a team to buy the brewery. Um, and from there we're, we're building our new brand. Sure. Right. So Phoenix beer co Phoenix beer co. Yeah. And, um, so from there, I mean, like I mentioned before, we still have bills to pay. Right. And, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, growing a brand isn't like a light switch, especially when you have a 15,000 square foot brewery. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you still have bills to pay. So we continue to, to operate Phoenix ale and, uh, in the, in the background of that develop new brands, um, new recipes, um, but more importantly, like the brand itself. So, sure. yeah. um, you know, Phoenix is still in the name, but more or less by coincidence, right? It's like, you know, we, we all come from, uh, Buzz is, Buzz is a, uh, I think a second or maybe third generation Phoenician. Okay. Um, but, uh, his, everyone's heart was just definitely in Phoenix. Right. So, um, we had, had to jump through some trademark loopholes to make sure we could use the word Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's one in Ohio. Um, and then there's one in, uh, I think like some small Island off of India. Really? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Phoenix, like Phoenix brewery or Phoenix. Yeah. But if you yeah. think about it, like Phoenix is a, a mythical creature. Sure. So it's yeah, like, yeah. I know it's our city, but yeah. Um, you know, the whole world is familiar with what a Phoenix is, yeah. uh, more or less. But so anyway, we, we wanted to use it in, in honor of our great city here. So, uh, Phoenix stayed, um, and we, we, we came up with the name, uh, early in the, in the winter time. And then from there, we, we started developing, you know, our hoppy bird and, uh, love that too. Yeah, it so. took me a while to realize that that was a bird. Like, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Cause it looked, it's a hop. It's clearly, oh, a yeah. hop. it's cool. And it, it just looks like a cool design. Like, Oh shit. Yeah. Wait, that's a Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. That's a Phoenix in there. That's yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool. I love it. I love the branding, man. I yeah. love it all. Yeah. No. So we, we, uh, the beauty, the, the, the beauty of this whole process is, you know, we had the resources to, to do this, right. We had the resources to put ourselves in a good position to be successful. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the kind of the, the sealing the deal for me, right? It's, yeah. um, you know, a lot of breweries, which I give a ton of credit to is, you know, they have to, they have to scrape it together for a lot of years. Right. And, yep. um, just to buy like a 12 year old canning line. Sure. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, we had, we had some great resources to, um, to make investments, to get us to the, the level that we want to be. So, yeah. um, so yeah, no, it's been it's been since uh, February we've been de- developing everything, um, and we just received our our tap handles maybe a month ago now, and we are now out in the market with uh, Crescent Crown. We couldn't have picked a better partner. Um, they were so instrumental in the transition part of it, right, and um, not sticking us with a bunch of inventory of uh, the of the old brewery, uh, but letting us to allowing us to you know 
deplete some things while building a great brand and support us uh, in the future. So yeah. that sounds like um, key, man. That's a, that's a key to being able to, to make that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember we, we had a, like a pallet left of, of, uh, of old cans that we had at the fleet. And right. And it, it's a, it was it, the, the, one of those brands was selling really well and, or decently well, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just working through that and, and, uh, getting Crescent to help us out with depleting that kind of stuff was a big help. So. You didn't have a spike, right? You didn't have a spike to, to smash the cans. No, <laughs> no unfortunately. Yeah. Where's that spike? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you know what? I don't know if you guys been had full this. circle in my life, my career. <laughs> exactly. You didn't realize it till mm. now. Like, Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, the, what I love about the branding too is, is that it's, it's very clean, man. It's very, um, my wife always tells me you got to dumb your shit down, right? Dumb yeah. it down. Cause I had, my first logo was like, this really cool drawing this girl from Tucson did. Um, it's just too complicated, especially when a small logo, right? Yeah. So now I just have the state. I still use the old one, but I have the state just says tap that easy. Yeah. She's like, that's awesome. Black and white. And that's, that's what this is, man. Very yeah. clean. Yeah. Johnny, our sales rep said it to me one time. He said, take the kiss, kiss method. And it's, Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh, Johnny's a smart man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wise. Very yeah. wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they did a great job with that. You know, it's, it doesn't, we have, you know, a, a clear brand book and like, you know, stuff that I feel like breweries right out of the gate don't really have. So I sure. mean, it was kind of like a nice uh, mixture of, of team that uh, came together for this. So, yeah. What, um, so w when, so you guys have three locations, right? Correct. So you've got, we're here at the production facility, tap room on Washington Street. Right. Where are the other two? So Rich Stark is, is my counterpart. He oversees the hospitality side. So Rich uh, oversees our location on 7th Street and Bethany Home Road, just south of Bethany. Okay. Yep. And That's Central uh, Kitchen? Central. Well, uh, now it's, now, yeah, the, that fell into the the, uh, the whole deal as well. And it's just, we're just now Phoenix Beer Co. Phoenix there. Beer Co. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we just finished and launched... Uh, um, uh, our location in Mercado, Mercado Lake, it's a beautiful spot. It's right on the, the lake there in North Scottsdale, Vida Ventura and Hayden. Okay. Um, is that a new, was that, was that, uh, is that something newly acquired that you guys got? No, like, built, uh, it was built. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, gotcha. uh, the building was, uh, they've had previous tenants before, but, yeah. um, we did a build out on it. Um, it's, they did a really good job in there. It's yeah. a really cool spot. Nice. I so, need to get to that one. Yeah. I've yeah. been to central kitchen and now this one. So yeah. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and the food's amazing. He's done a great job with the chefs developing a food menu that really pairs well with, you know, the food and I'm excuse me, the beer <laughs> food pairing with food. <laughs> I food like, I do like beer. food with food. Though. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's done a great job with that. And, um, yeah, it's, it, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, you know, the food menu that we have and, you know, the experience that he brought along, uh, without them. So the food is fantastic. Yeah. Too. I pizzas, mean, I that dude, the grilled pimento cheese sandwich. Mm -hmm. That was unreal. And then the pizza. So like, I, I don't know, man, I, I love pizza. Pizza is like my mm -hmm. favorite food, but, um, I'm not a huge fan of like the thin crust and the, it's just not my style. So when, right. when, when you guys brought me this, I won't say you guys, but when, right. when it was served to me at, yeah. at, uh, on seventh street, dude, it was like, uh, it was a square sheet pizza yeah. and oh, man, well, Rich like, is a Baltimore man. Okay. He, he hails um, from Baltimore and yeah. he's told me that is a Baltimore style of pizza, which I've, which was a learning thing. I didn't know Baltimore had a I style of pizza. That's I'm going on Pinterest as soon as we leave here and find a Baltimore style. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Yep. Yeah. Almost uh, like the sides have the cheese, like kind of right. crusted on the side. And yeah, man, yeah. It, it makes our makes our Fridays great. We have 
pizza Fridays here at the team here. Oh, so nice. <laughs> so we bring in some pizzas from the restaurant. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, so we got to try the beer, right? Are we going to bring the beer guys in here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's, I had the, what was it? This was, the, this is our IPA. So go, going back IPA. to our, our flagship, man, we're taking that approach and, um, we want to be, we want to be the number one IPA in Arizona. That's our yeah. goal. And, uh, not saying that we, uh, um, Turn our turn our nose. What's the phrase? Turn your t- turn your, your nose, nose up. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we did. Yeah. Other styles, yeah. <laughs> but given that IPAs are the biggest or uh, the most popular style right now, and yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, it's my favorite. So it's selfishly, it works man. out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah. we were just going for that e- that easy drinking, but like same time complex. Um, but it really cleans off your palate really well. And the, yep. the idea is like when we sell these, to, we go to retailers and bars and restaurants and. I mean, bartenders want to sell five or six responsibly, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, we feel like that, that was the goal in brewing this, and I feel feel like we've achieved it. So yeah. um, this is what we hope to pay our bills with, so to speak, and then you know build that trust with this beer, and then people will try Monsoon uh, IPA or Zuzu IPA or uh, Bird City Lager, for that matter. So we have, with the restaurants, it uh, one gave us the opportunity um, and the need for a big portfolio like okay. right out of the gate yeah so when we talked to eric and, and popeye here um we'll tell you all about building that portfolio but we we came out of the gate with like 12 12 beers yeah <laughs> it nice was, yeah. yeah it was it was fun and stressful i mean it's <laughs> sure. not like cooking like baking a cookie right it's like yeah. i'm gonna try this baking recipe and it comes out in 20 minutes it's like you you put your best foot forward and you think you have a recipe and you got to wait two weeks, yeah. right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's going to be good, yeah. you know? So, yeah. um, it was time consuming, but it was a lot of fun. So I, I think the guys did a great job and very few of them had to go back for like a round two or readjustment on the recipes. So, yeah, well, you anyway. got some, you got some experienced guys back there yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 So looking forward to you guys meeting them. So yeah, let's, let's go grab a beer and bring those guys in. Sounds great. All right. We've got the beer. So the guys that make the beer, what is your name and what do you do? Uh, my name's Jason. Uh, I go by Popeye. Uh, I'm the guy who makes the beer here, really. <laughs> uh, Eric, I help make beer, help make recipes, design recipes, everything in between. Last name is? Flip Kegs. Walter. Yeah. Walter, hey. yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Dude, I've been getting like your looking mail. in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You owe some money to the IRS, by the way. <laughs> Dude, double. I owe double somehow. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how that works. But, uh, hey, it seems to be working well for you. So, nice work, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Popeye. Why Why? Why'd you get the Popeye? Um, I came into a group of friends in college and there was already a Jason. And so arbitrarily <laughs> I was given the nickname Popeye and it, it stuck. So my wife to this point calls me Popeye and it's weird if she oh, really? calls me Jason. I know I'm in trouble if she yeah. calls me Jason. <laughs> Jason. But why Popeye? Like what was it? Did you have like a wooden pipe or? No, you know? no, it was, uh, it was <laughs> really, biceps, it was really arbitrary. <laughs> I can't, I came Could into have been a, much worse than it. it was totally right. arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. friends. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I came into a group of friends that already had two mics, and then I was a second Jason, so everybody kind of got nicknames just to alleviate confusion. So. <laughs> what did the second mic get, by the way? Uh, actually, uh, Snowflake. So I won. Snowflake. You won. Yeah. Yeah. So w- you guys have both been in the beer game for a while, right? Yeah. Where did you – what is your – 
history every second from beginning to end. <laughs> um, well, I actually started, uh, I grew up in Arizona. I went to ASU and got a degree in things I don't use now. And then... Um, dance. Correct, interpretive yeah. dance. Interpretive yeah. dance. <laughs> tap. Uh, and then uh, I moved to Chicago and actually went to the Siebel Institute in Chicago. And then uh, when I graduated from there, I started working, pushing brooms in different brew houses in Chicago. I worked for Goose Island um, Metropolitan, which is in Ravenswood. Outside Chicago, they make just lagers and make some of the best lagers that I've had. Nice. Um, and a couple other places that would have me. And then um, my wife and I wanted to move back to Arizona. And when we did, I was lucky enough to get on with Four Peaks when I moved back here. And then from four, like approximately uh, two thousand nine. Okay, okay, gotcha. And then, um, and then uh, from there, I went to Two Brothers and Sleepy Dog, who were both owned by the same company um, here locally. Two Brothers in Old Town Scottsdale and Sleepy Dog in Tempe. And then now I've been lucky enough to come over here to Phoenix. Nice, man. Nice. You guys were working. You're sweating. I don't know if that was from the brewing (laughs) or just if you're like me, I just sweat for no reason. And uh, this gentleman, where did, where, where did your beer world come from? Yeah, so I kind of, uh, I went to ASU as well. Got a degree in kinesiology, something I'm never going to use as well. Um, but I started working at Four Peaks just in the kitchen because I was lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I tried to use my degree a couple times in uh, uh, like physiotherapy, helping people post-op, you know, hip surgery. And that was just so boring. <laughs> Sorry, boring. everybody out there. You guys are so lame. Sorry, they inconvenienced you. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't my. I was just, you know, a guy out of college. I was searching for my passion. Sure, I yeah. Con- yeah. That wasn't it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, running food at Four Peaks, I kind of saw how much fun the brewers were having. A uh, guy at Saddle Mountain, uh, Neil Huttenhow, was the guy I kind of shadowed and um, kind of learned under for a while. And I kind of said at one point, you know, I'd shadowed him a couple times. I go, well, how do I become you? He says, well, go to school or have experience. And they weren't going to hire me. Yeah. So I you know, went to school. So I, too, went to Siebel in Chicago. Um, from there, uh, Dogfish had actually sent some people out the last week as like a meet and greet. You know, this is who we are. Come check us out. And I didn't even want to go, but he pushed me into it. So we finally went in and said, all right. Hi, how's it going? They said, uh, send us a resume. And I honestly only use that as a reason to have a resume. Yeah. <laughs> just get rid of all the kinesiology stuff and like make it more beer oriented. So sure. it was practice. Yeah. And they actually called me back, said, Hey, come out. So dogfish head did. Yeah. Wow, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. And I had, uh, my girlfriend at the time's like, yeah, I'm not going to move. So this might be it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, t- I paid all this money to go to freaking school. Yeah. I guess that was an I easy out back. for you then, probably then, right? No, I, well, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> she actually moved out and we got married, so <laughs> I can't talk any shit. Um, uh, sorry, Eric's wife. To, yeah, yeah, she won't listen to this. Uh, no, but then so yeah, so from the dogfish head there, two and a half years, almost three. Uh, moved back here, worked at SunUp for a couple years. Uh, was operations manager at Santan for a year, and then found myself here yeah so nice, yeah. man dude this seems to be like the team you guys are putting together adam is is pretty badass man yeah yeah we 
I hate to use that. Sorry, Mike. Uh, He's afraid of the mic. Yeah, it's, yeah. It smells. I don't uh, know who had it before you, but uh, sorry about that. Like Ken Wilson's mic, right? <laughs> oh, smells, Ken. Yeah. Ken uh, is a spitter on the mic. Yeah. Too. <laughs> no, we, we really have compiled a little bit of a dream team a little bit. I hate to use that term because it's like, I don't know, it's a little uh, probably overused. But at any rate, we uh, that's what I kind of saw this as. It's like, you know, I, I, I met Eric and saw all the great beers that he had coming through and uh, had great ideas, really super creative, and um, and then and then Jason Popeye came along, and um, you know I feel like with their their uh, experience with production brewing, and you know probably having the one thing about production brewing, your your creativity gets a little bit you know guardrailed a little bit, so to speak. And, yeah, um, I could be speaking out of out of turn here, but you know if you're working for like you know a bigger brewery, I'm not going to name any names, but a bigger brewery, you probably can't just Try a recipe, right, guys? Is that safe to say? Yeah. So, in, in general, yeah. they have their lineup, and that's what they're going to go with. Yeah. So you're just you're just kind of repeating the same recipes, like you're you're trying to fill those bottles, fill those cans, fill those shelves, pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, when I saw these guys, I'm like, I'm sure these guys have been like scratch have have this like itch they need to scratch here of creativity, and yeah. you know they know how to brew, and I think they'd be great. And uh, Eric was actually here probably a month before I was, but uh, Jason started in September, so. So you're itching his scratches now? Scratching his itch. <laughs> However it works, there's, there's some kind of symbiotic thing going on. But no, you're, he, he's right. Adam's right. You, uh, I think a part of all brewers is why we get into this business is because we want to create something. Yeah. We're, we're creative to some aspect. And when you are kind of that clock in, clock out brewer, uh, you, you can do that for so long. And, and you can still learn a lot about... Um, you know, process managing and, and hitting your targets the same way every time and troubleshooting. So it's not like you, you're working with your brain off, but there is that whole creative aspect that's just not being itched. So you're not satisfying that. Yeah. So when you can kind of get onto a, like a, a, maybe a smaller brewery, you can start to create and it, it's just, it's more rewarding in the end, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think too, like the way the way Adam kind of described the way things are kind of coming together here at Phoenix Beer Co. is is it's a great combination of um, great beers, but with the in mind of of expansion, right? Of of making something that is fantastic, great here in in the state of Arizona, but also knowing that there's a bigger picture involved in it. Am I right with that? Yeah, for sure, and. Uh careful how I phrase this, but we're, we're not, I don't think we'll, we'll be the brewery that wants the, well, we, we definitely want thousands of people lining up at our taproom doors, Sure, yeah. but I guess we don't want those people to be the people that are looking for one beer, one time a year kind of thing. Does that make sure. sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think somebody, a some truck just ran. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the light rail just derailed right. into the building. Yeah, <laughs> we we, we want to build. You know, we build. We want to brew great beers, and I, you know, we have all the trust in the world that uh, our two brewers can do that. And then outside of that, you know, we have people coming in all the time, no, like looking for what we're going to be tapping next week or the week sure. after that or the month after that. So it's building trust with our ability to create to create good, unique beers that. Aren't or like overly, I would say offensive, but like you know, is a acquired taste, so to speak, right? It's yeah, like we have a yeah. great IPA. Love yep. that IPA. I'm going to go see what else they do, right? Yep. So that's yep. kind of my, at least my mindset. So for you guys, what, what, what the experience you guys have had, what what uh, what what drew you to 
to this this vision of this brewery? I honestly, I think it's kind of piggybacking on what Adam said. It's the combination of being able to make our IPA and our gold and make it consistent, and everybody knows what it is. But then we can tweak things and we can get to try own recipes that you know that we don't have to make at home on our systems at home but we have a, a real system to, to brew sure. it on and then <laughs> yeah. you know being able to sit in our tap room which we've expanded and um really made it much more welcoming for everybody and just to get to sit at the bar and talk to those people and be like what beers do we not have that you're interested in and then eric and i can get together and sort of come up with something that'll that'll fit that hole that we're kind of missing but it's kind of that it that's how adam sold me on the job that's how i look at this job is it's a perfect combination of those two of those two elements which is kind of what gets me up every morning to come in here so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and from what i've what i've tasted so far i mean i i don't know what i've missed but i've had pretty much most of them they're this is the pale ale. Pale ale. Oh, far beyond. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're very clean styles, right? You guys are doing things that are very, like, um, it's got a, like, Zuzu is Zuzu, but it's a rye IPA. Yeah. Right? So, but Eric, it's, to talk about that recipe, yeah. Yeah. So, you don't see that very much. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, in uh, the last year, we've created a completely new series of beers here. Which is fun and terrifying at the same time, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but our, I think the goal we're trying to go with is to have just drinkable beers. Yeah. Uh, it, it, obviously, Arizona is so hot. You don't want things that are too high alcohol or too complex. It just kind of gets lost. Uh, keep it simple, stupid is a, is a really good uh, phrase that I like to use. A lot of times I feel like uh, pale ales, IPAs, for no reason at all, people just throw crystal malt in there just because. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why that happens, except that if I had to guess, I would think historically um, everybody kind of learned from the Sierra Nevada kind of playbook. Sure. Okay. Like, oh, the, the pale ales and, the, you know, that's just how they're made. You want an IPA with a lot of crystal character. You want a lot of caramel and a lot of uh, toasty bready notes. I don't understand that. So I'm trying, we are trying to just craft beers that are somewhat simple. If we have an IPA, showcase the hops. Yeah. Put, make the grain kind of the subtle background, right? Why would we try to, you know, whatever I said it, why throw crystal in there? Yeah. Um, Pale ale, again, same thing. Try to make something a little bit lighter, drinkable, uh, showcase the hops. Finish dry, makes clean beers, beers that, you have a couple, you want another one. You're not one and done. Sure. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's what we're trying to do here. And then as far as, like, our main lineup, uh, that's what we'd go for. And then we can still have, uh, you know, a couple taps here and there, a couple uh, opportunities just to get weird and crazy with stuff. How weird. Well, like, because <laughs> an- another thing I wanted to say is, like, uh, we had that year to create this whole lineup. You're not going to come out of the gate with some kind of weird chai tea brown ale with, like, uh, you know. Gummy worms. Ant milk, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of ant something milk bizarre. milk is better than gummy worms, man. Yeah. <laughs> Eric right actually that tried to lactate an ant. <laughs> so that's it's why he's, process. He's, against, he's against the ant milk. <laughs> you can milk anything that has nipples. So, yeah. so to, this, to this point, Phoenix Beer Company is putting forth drinkable beers that are approachable yeah that's not to say we're not going to get weird and funky in the future which you know i i'm i hope we do we will do i'm gonna we're gonna push that direction 
But for right now, we're just trying to... Um, we're brand new, you know? Sure, yeah. So how are we going to show up on the scene with something bizarre? Ant milk. I mean, it would, you would get attention. <laughs> let's, let's talk but, more about the ant milk for sure. But how many people are sitting by a pool or uh, going outside throwing the Frisbee around some park somewhere drinking some... You know, aggressive ten percent, whatever. Sure, yeah, they're not pounding barley wines at the, at the no. on the golf course. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. let's just do a good light lager. Let's do a good IPA. Yeah, and then everywhere in between is our playground. Yeah, so I love it, man. It, it, it's this theme keeps coming up, and and when I was talking to Adam earlier, and just in our conversation in between here was um, the foundation. Right, laying that that foundation. Like, if you come out of the gates with something crazy, yeah, it might be. I, I listened to an interesting thing the other day about viral videos. Right, about these marketing companies saying, "Hey, how co- people come to them and say, hey, how can you make my shit go viral?" Mm-hmm. They're like, "Well, if it makes you go viral, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You're going to be like the talk of the town for one day, and then then what? Then you're back to back to this. Yeah. So you guys are laying that foundation of solid solid lineup." That's pretty badass. That's yeah. we we want to we want to bring people in who know the beers that they're going to have, yeah. but then offer them something else as well. And sure, come in and you know it's great to see the regulars at our tap room since we've been here and just see people walk in and the even the bartenders like well that guy's having an IPA that guy's yep. having a Bird City and just knowing that and then they go and then we can say hey we just put a new Rattler on and they go great. I'll try that. I already yeah. know I like your lager. I know I'm going to like that. So yep. it's yep. that's I think building on that is kind of what we are trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I think that innovation is great. Um I mean there are breweries that uh I mean Dark Sky. I love Dark Sky. Mm-hmm. They've they've been one of my favorites for for, you know, ever since they really opened. But my father-in-law was like, "Dude, I want the mountains of mosaic next time I go back. I'm like, you might not get it, dude. Yeah. Right. But so for me, I'm open to like, all right, I know I'm going to dark sky. Shit's going to be kind of crazy. Yeah. Right. But if you had that, you know, if they had that mountains of mosaic, always Phil would come in, he would have that and be like, all right, I'll experiment with this. But if you don't have that, that foundation, then yeah. Not saying you guys know anything wrong, Dark Sky. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a great job. The analogy is it's like building like a house, right? And um, you know, the first thing you have to do is you have to lay what you have to pour a concrete foundation, right? Yeah. That's 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 our IPA, and that's what we have. That's what our, our goal is to let that cure dry. So it, that means like get it out to the market, sell a ton of it, and then you can build your framing, right? Then yeah. you can put your roof on or whatever it may be, but. You know, if you don't have that foundation, I mean, you're just going to sink into the ground and your house is going to fall apart. So, exactly. I mean, this is as fun as the beer world is, it's still a business. So, sure. being able to pay our bills is obviously important. And yeah. uh, also, on top of that, like planning, you know, that's one thing uh, I learned big time is, is, is going from like a fermenter to a bright tank to Cooperage. I remember when I first got here, we're, you know, I think we were stuck. Stuck on maybe uh, maybe copper ale in one of the brights, and we're like, I was just like, just empty it. Like, well, we don't have any cooperage right now. I'm like, there, there's cakes just not laying around <laughs> it's everywhere. Like, How's that, that happen? Right? <laughs> so you know, part of that is is like a whole other aspect of it. But um, but yeah, it's it's just building that foundation, and um, and then once you do that, that allows us to uh, create some revenue that we can buy a cool, expensive hop with and do something really neat with. Yeah, these guys can so. Do you guys think that there are, and, and I don't want to put you guys on the spot or anything, but do you guys, you guys have all had great experience in, across the board in brewing. Do you think that there are a lot of breweries out there that don't think about the strategy side? It's almost kind of like they're just, um, hey, here's what we're going to do this up to this point. We're going to make a badass 
IPA and some barrel aged stouts and then see what happens. Do you think that there's not a lot of planning that goes or strategy, I guess, long-term strategy? Yeah. I think someone said this to me one time and it's, there's, there's breweries and there's a brewery of a strategy. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so there's a saying that goes along with it. I think so. Yeah. A wise man <laughs> was walking through the desert and <laughs> a wise man told me this. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it can be more true, right? I mean, there's a lot of breweries out there that make delicious beers, um, that are really expensive to brew and you're only relying on, you know, whether it's just the tap room sale, I'm not saying anyone in particular, but like just the tap room sales. And then on top of that, you're not getting, you know, the, the rate of sale out, outside of that. And, yeah. um, you gotta pay your bills or you gotta be able to generate something so you can grow if you sure. want to be in that game. Right. Yeah. Unless you just want to be that tap room, but which is no problem with that. But yeah. anyway, and maybe that's what it goes back to what we talked about earlier is like defining what you want to be before right. you even kind of, get things rolling right yeah yeah so what what do you guys want to be ah uh, shit oh how oh, convenient okay. right, edit, gotta edit. Get the phone. come on <laughs> uh, edit, cut right. this why is there a phone in here at all? <laughs> <laughs> they have a cordless phone i haven't seen a cordless phone like i haven't heard a landline in years <laughs> probably yeah, right? I'll plug that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's not getting edited out by the way like, that, that we don't want to be operators that's what we don't want to be yeah. Our strategy is not to be operators. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember the question I asked you, but uh, the beers. Like, so what, what is the lineup right now? Like, what is the, what is the core of what? So I got the pale ale. I had, what I have, the monsoon. I had just the straight up IPA, which was fantastic, dude. I'm, I was telling him it's, it's a, a breath of relief to have just a great IPA. Straight up IPA, not like, and I love, you know, the hazies and all that, but, you know, no lactose in there, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Just, just at least just, ant just ant, back. Yeah. Yeah. ant milk, yeah. <laughs> ant milk, yeah. Ant milk, I don't know where the hell that came from. I love it, man, dude. You are impressed. You have to make one. You have to make yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you thought crunching those cranberries was bad with your fingers. Yeah, that was a story from last <laughs> Try to grab year. It some oh, God. Uh, For the I, sour? I think, uh, well, I think the IPA is, uh, we're, we're very happy. I'm glad you like it. We're it's happy with it. Yeah. We're, uh, that's something, again, we're just trying to make drinkable, approachable, so that people go, oh, I like this. What else you got? Um, if you come out like there's there's breweries around and I don't want to name any names, but national brands that their IPAs just punch you in the face. Sure. Yeah. And some people are looking for that. Yeah. Which is fine. But uh, I think our strategy is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like Adam said, Popeye knows we're, we're just trying to we're we're brand new. Yeah. We're trying to lay the foundation of what our brands can be clean. Simple, I'll say simple, not in a derogatory term. Sure, yeah. But if it's an IPA, showcase the hops. Yeah. If it's a pale ale, make it subtle. Don't yeah. go over the top with it. Sour, give it some sour. But it, there, again, there are breweries out there where you have one and you're you're just done. Oh, you yeah. Can't, you're enameling your teeth have melted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, drinkable beers. That's yeah. the whole point we're going for. So. Uh, I see in the in the next year or two some some creative fun side projects coming up where Popeye can you know whatever he wants to do make something good yeah um, and you know I, I've worked in places before where it's kind of a top down dictatorial hey we're all doing this do it and I personally don't like those places because again it goes back to the creativity aspect is 
you know, we all have ideas and beers we want to make and see happen. And if, if that's just constantly squelched and people eventually get burned out and leave. So I like the idea of having our core lineup and then uh, doing something funky you've never done before. Yeah. Because how do we all learn if we just, oh, I know how to do a pale ale. I've made one before. Yeah. Yeah, but have you ever done X, Y, or Z that's different that you've never done before? Yeah. Take a risk. I mean, you know, educated risk, Adam says, we have to make money, obviously. <laughs> sure, We're a yeah. business like any other. Amp <laughs> milk in this pale ale, man. <laughs> What's the price per pound on amp milk right now? <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask. You can't afford it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not mating yeah. season right yeah. now, so it's really hot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you know what? That's I, I like that you said that because um, one thing that so I've had over the last few months I've had Andy from Four Peaks on quite a few times and love that dude. Like mm-hmm. he is just the way that um, so we went to a like a off flavor tasting class at Four Peaks at the uh, Wilson location <clears throat> and I was like, hey dude, I'm Eric from Tap That AZS to do a podcast. I said, love to get you on the show. And he's like, oh, you want to you want to talk the asshole that sold out? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do. Like, but the way that he said that, I'm like, absolutely. So. So I knew that I was going to get like authentic Andy from that, right? And and every episode he's been on, he's been amazing. Uh, but his thing is, is everybody's chasing trends, right? Nobody is pushing the envelope. Nobody is um, is trying new shit, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to do a lacto, you know, ant milk hazy IPA t- as well, you know. So everyone's doing the same, the same, just following the trends where there's nobody like trying new innovative shit. Which that sounds like, like once you guys get that foundation, you guys want to kind of t- touch into that a little bit. Yeah, that, yeah. that'll that'll definitely be our plan. I mean, yeah, it's, we we want to be able to push the envelope as well as make real just our really good foundation beers, our yeah. core lineup. I'm what happy, things? and I'm happy too because we have a really great core lineup with the work that Eric and Adam had done before I got here, plus the little bit I've been able to help since I've been here, and yeah. Just, you know, being able to have that core is, is very important. Yeah. No, being able to walk into a place and know what you're going to have is, is why and know I it's the same it. every time. And know it's right? the same every sure. time, right? Phoenix yeah. IPA, it's going to be the same every time. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, on and on and on. It's, it's always sketchy, you know, whatever the brewery out there when I don't know if this beer is going to be the same today. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And if it's not, it's kind of a, hmm crap you know yeah. experience yeah. Yeah. it is it is and even with some of the some of your favorites i mean i have my favorites and i'm like oh shit dude they did this beer last year this was awesome and then i get it i'm like dude this is not the same fucking beer like this yeah is, that happens dude. a lot yeah and yeah. it would be uh kind of an understated confidence if people kind of associated phoenix beer co with the consistent good and innovative brewery yeah in the in the valley you know yeah i'd be happy with that well, I think with innovation, you have to, I think one of the keys to innovation is understanding the fundamentals, right? With, with anything, right? It's like, you know, it's, it, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but on Mondays, I coached this like random sports class for like kindergarten to second graders, which is just basically me babysitting hurting nine kids. kids. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the kids are like, I'm trying to teach them how to like dribble. Right. And the one kid's like, that's not how they do it in the NBA. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. You know, I want to say yeah, yeah, I you, have, you have a few steps before you <laughs> yeah. get there. Yeah. But, yeah. but in order to do that crazy shit, you got to understand the fundamentals of things. Sure. And, and I think with your guys' background and you guys being able to nail these classic styles when it comes to that innovation, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what you guys. Yeah. 
what do you have in your in your mind there, Popeye? What do you? <laughs> you have a, he has probably a list of so yeah. many, so many things. <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, I, I actually have uh, been working uh, the last couple of weeks on just a couple different recipes, a, a pale ale um, that has some expensive hops in it. And, uh, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I need to push this through accounting, Adam. Oh, yeah, by, the, by the way, Adam, we need to up, the, up our order on some of those hops. Uh, but also, um, you know, um, Vienna Lager. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Vienna Lagers, and I think that we can it'll fit into our lineup to have a good yeah. one of those but that's going to the core style but then taking that core vienna lager and trying to push it and innovate it a little bit and try yeah. and make it a little bit different um and hopefully very exciting i mean i'm excited about it on paper i, just, I can only yeah. imagine how great it's gonna taste once we make kidding. it yeah. he's like mr burns with his fingers yes, over here he's like, oh. so excited to make that beer but um uh yeah so i think i i mean it i I'd be lying if I said every single day when I was up there making beer, I wasn't thinking of the next beer we can also yeah. be making. So that's that's the benefit of our great system that we have here, and and just the you know great work that we have. As Eric and I are in the same building, and we can look across the room at each other and go, "What do you think about this hop?" Yeah. And you're just in like, oh, oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's what can we do with that? You know, sort of. And so I think that that's great, and. I think Eric and I are really trying to solidify our relationship and just being able to know what both of us like to like in different beers and then hopefully yeah. be able to bring something together and you know that collaborative collaborative spirit which I think is also a big part of brewing so for sure. Yeah, and that's you know that's kind of our, our way of getting people in our tap room too, right? Is uh, we'll have we'll have a few beers I think throughout the year that we'll only offer here or the restaurant or maybe even just here. Like I think Tovery um getting off on a tangent here but uh tovery so it's our strong ale actually i'll let, let these guys talk about it, but it's uh it's barrel we're doing a barrel, barrel aging with it right now though will only be allowed here uh, but that's that's the way we're going to get people into the tap room right a lot yeah. of people out trying our ipa and monsoon and arizona gold and whatever it may be out in the rest of the market but if you want people coming in here you gotta offer some something so offer some stuff that's exclusive right yeah what's like what we talked about earlier like getting people through the door Right, like get exactly give a reason to, to get somebody in into this place rather than just you know, which is not a bad thing to be able to grab six pack of your guys' stuff at the you know local right. bottle shop or something. But you want them coming in here and seeing. That's what I, I don't know. I think that's what a lot of people want to see. They want to smell. They want to smell the the mash. They want to they want to see shit going on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you can actually see that barrel from over there. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if we should say that because people are like, oh shit, I'm gonna touch it. I can pull the bung out of it. Yeah. You know what that? Yeah. Don't touch the barrel. <laughs> don't touch the barrel. <laughs> you got the laser, like Mission Impossible lasers around right. it. Yeah. yeah. So what is, what is that? Like, what's going on out there? Uh, yeah. So uh, Tovery is uh, is our American strong. So it's a it's higher alcohol. It's got some chocolate rye, which again, uh, you know, try to test yourself and learn more and, and strive to to create new and interesting stuff. Uh, test the limits of your knowledge. I've never used uh, ch- chocolate rye. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, <laughs> but we've got in with a good uh, malting company. We're very proud of uh, proximity, and uh, it's one of their products that they've been proud of. So we we tried it. It's it's good. It's great. Yeah. Um, hundred IBU, so it's 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 one of those beers that will punch you in the mouth, yeah. <laughs> which is what we were going for. Which is what you're looking for when you're going for something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was intentional, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, um, through uh, one of our uh, um, contacts, our uh, 
relationships out in the marketplace, we found some a company that had uh, bourbon barrels. And so, you know, that's one of those, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not try to try to do it and, and see if this works? Yeah. So uh, re- regarding that barrel, so Rich uh, at our one of our restaurants has a great relationship with the uh, Elijah Craig. Oh, uh, shit. Distillery. So he brought us, he actually scored us that barrel. And, and more and, on the way, I hear. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Nice. No pressure, Rich. There's a good no pressure, Rich. <laughs> but but you're on the clock now. Now. <laughs> Right, right, right. But I, I remember when it came in and they, they brought it in and just see everyone kind of salivating over it. It's like, yeah. what are we, we going to dump in that thing? You know, That so. is a good, that's a solid, like... Right, yeah. I'm in, man. <laughs> yeah. So we've been, yeah. you know, we've been pulling out the... Uh, what's it called? The, the nail. nail. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's like a cool a, name it's, for it. It's a nail. Thief yeah. nail, right? Thief nail. Thief nail. Thief, yeah. I'm what's sound like called? I know what the hell I'm what's talking about. Called? Thief nail. A thief nail. Oh, like, I yeah, because you're like stealing a little bit of the... Okay. I, I like that. I like that better. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He's like, thanks for nail. making fun of me. You guys are What's it called? <laughs> it's, a, it's a nail. That's the gift and curse about barrel aging is like it's done when it's done. And you can't really say like, I'll get this to you in two weeks because who knows? Sure. So you kind of have to constantly try. Uh, but those I think those we, are good Fridays, though. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. got to try them. That's a fun Friday. <laughs> this is good Friday. I think we got it to a point where we can uh, we can pull it out and carbonate it and uh, see what people think about it. But yeah. I think we're you pretty think happy ready? With it. You think it's ready? Yeah, I yeah. think it's ready now. So we're going to make a move on it soon. Nice, yeah. nice. So that's a perfect transition into you guys are getting ready to do the grand opening, right? Yeah, I'm not putting you on blast to say make put that beer, you know. But yeah, just <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, we're still developing the plan for the the barrel aged tovery if it's going to be released for the the grand opening or not. But uh, yeah, no, I think November 14th is. <laughs> I say, I think it's like everything's always a moving part <laughs> oh, right? for, for sure. anyone. Oh, right? Exact like, date. Yeah, yeah, exact date. Yeah. What time? time? November. I will be <laughs> here. I will be here. November 14th ish, uh, 2009. No, uh, November 14th. We're going to do something here and just, uh, allow people to come in and, and see what we've done with the place. I mean, the garage door that we put in is awesome. Like, yeah. It sounds, it sounds simple if you're just listening to a podcast, but it just opens everything up to the whole brewery and really you can sit does. at the bar you can, uh, you know, try a, a flight of our beers or, or one in particular and, and you can watch, you know, everyone do their work and you yeah. smell the grain as we're brewing and watch them work. Nothing better yeah. than drinking and watching somebody else work, right? That's it's, it's the one place you like invite the noise because it's, you know, it's somewhat of a charm hearing like the keg washer in the background or a forklift humming around or yeah. like kegs falling or something like that. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's, we, we, we like it. I think people are enjoying it. So. Yeah. And there's also a lot of, um, directions to the bathroom i noticed yeah uh, bathrooms get a little confusing right you would not believe <laughs> yeah yep. adam was saying they've seen people like up in the office like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Go up the I remember one time, yeah one time i was talking to the brewers and we're back in the corner and i see a guy leaving the tap room and i see his head just bobbing upstairs how did he even make it that far <laughs> but anyway people people get lost on the way to the bathroom yeah yeah so if you're listening to this you come down here the door with a lot of stickers is the bathroom <laughs> Look for so. the tap that easy sticker. Yeah. Actually, if they take a picture and tag me, then I will say, "Great job." Here the you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all we I all got know to offer. Is, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, this has been great. Like, I, I appreciate you guys having me come down. Beers are fantastic. Um, so I found out something from what, what was the girl's name? Uh, Nicole. Nicole. So she, we, we, I asked her about Pizza Friday, and. I thought it was Friday today the whole time. Thursday. Uh, I was like, when's the pizza coming? Oh, you know what? 
but I promised you pizza, didn't I? I did promise you pizza. Yeah, you did. Son of a bitch. I'll stop in I'll stop in another time. But no, I'll tell you what. You go to the you go to the the kitchen. Rich will buy you a pizza. Rich, okay, we'll, I'll, I'll we'll get Rich. you a pizza. We'll get right, you a pizza. Right, right, cool. That's the whole that's an hour and thirteen minutes just to say I wanted a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. Oh uh, shit! Well, dude, yeah. so thanks so much. Um, so, all right, phoenixbeerco.com. So it's well, not Phoenix PHX. P- phxbeerco.com. Yep. Correct. And then on Instagram, it's phx dot beer dot co. All right. Yeah. Excellent. And what is? I'm gonna put you on the spot for just a second. In a year, where do you guys see Phoenix Beer Co.? Total world domination. Damn. Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I no, wanted. Yeah. No, in, in a year, I mean, we, we, hope, to, we, hope, to, <laughs> we hope to hit our, you know, our goals as far as, like, you know, beer that we brew. But, you know, we, we just want to have, we want to have a reputation out there for making good beers, right? Yeah. And, uh, this being our first year, I feel like if, if we can earn that right, you know, from consumers and people who like our beers and... Uh, I think the rest kind of falls into place. It's yeah. like kind of a trust fall, yeah. so to speak. If you make good beers, the rest will kind of work itself out. For sure. So. For sure. And and I mean great beers. And I don't know if we I don't know if we talked about this or so if you guys are listening, I'm sorry if you're hearing this a second time, but pizza's fantastic. And the grilled pimento cheese. Those are the two things I recommend. Uh can't disagree with you there. One thing I will add to that though is I think we have the best Reuben in Arizona. Uh, oh, wow, jeez. I, That's a boy. I know, man. I, know. <laughs> I, I love Rubens too, so yeah. I'm, I'm on that one. I had one at. Um, if you guys have been to Lazy G yet, up in Prescott, dude. They, you been there? I have, man. They have the second best Great. Ruben. Is that what we're going to say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. second best Ruben. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's what they, they we're were still like, recording now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do the poutine, but I also want to do the Ruben. And they're like, well, just do the Ruben and then get a side of poutine. I'm like, done. Yeah. But like, that's the best Ruben in Arizona. So I'm. we need to have a Ruben off. Oh boy! That's actually oh, like the, yeah. Hello. That sounded yeah. like a Russian name, didn't it? It does. Did a lot. <laughs> Rich is on that notice. Is, you know what? Rich is on notice. KB, KGB. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out. We need to do a Russian Imperial Stout called the Rubinoff. We could do that. Tap that easy. Yeah. We could do that. I'll just write that. If down. you come down and brew it with us, then <laughs> I would. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, come down. I would love to brew it. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. Yeah, that'd be great. Be I awesome. did a collab with uh, Dark Sky, and uh, Nick was like, "Dude, he's like, you were more involved than anybody ever in a in a." Collab, and uh, so and then about a half hour later, I'm like, "Dude, I need to get out of your way." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> like because I'm like, Actually, what, do I do now? "What do I need to unhook?" And he's like, "Oh, that over there." And I'm like, "I'm just, I'm out of here." Yeah. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, he's like, dude, I that's good." Sense it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but guys, thanks so much. Love this place. Can't wait to uh, drink more of the beers. Yeah. Thanks for coming thank down here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. yeah, absolutely. Guys, thanks for listening to the show. Rating review on iTunes is always awesome. If you send us an email, eric at tapthateasy.com, or send a direct message on Facebook or Instagram of a screenshot of your review, we'll send you some swag because we appreciate ratings and reviews. Hopped Up Network is a network of independent craft beer podcasts across the country. We are part of that network trying to spread the word on craft beer across the U.S. So check them out, hoppedupnetwork.com. Drink great beer and stay awesome. Estoy tan enamorado de la negra Tomasa y cuando se va de casa, triste me